Candace, I'm so glad you're taking the time. This is a big day for a lot of families as they watch what's happening at this courtroom in Woodstock, Ontario. Now, we know that Wetlawfer says she used insulin injections and that she knew the supplies were not closely monitored. How common is that, that drugs are not closely monitored in long-term care facilities like Carescent Care? Hey there, I'm Dana from Can Learn English, and you are listening to the Can Learn English podcast. This is the number one podcast to help you learn English for Canada. So grab your toque, zip up your parka, and get ready to learn English for the Great White North. We've added some great new content for our Podcast Plus members. When you become a member, you get a special login, which takes you to the members-only zone. From there, all you need to do is click on an episode, which will take you to the listen and repeat section. This breaks down the five-step method to learn English with a podcast. If you want more information on that, then all you need to do is listen to episode number five. That's episode number five. You also get a series of exercises that will help you understand all the topics and vocabulary in the episode. So if you would like to become a Podcast Plus member, all you need to do is go to canlearnenglishpodcast.com. Again, that's canlearnenglishpodcast.com. So how is it going? I am finally back from my vacation in Canada, and guys, I am very tired this morning. Well, it's not actually quite this morning. It's getting closer to noon, but Switzerland is six hours ahead of the Toronto area, uh, southwestern Ontario, where I was staying. So I'm pretty jet lagged. I actually got a good sleep last night, but you know how it is. It still takes a couple of days for your body to adjust. But we had a really great time. I was so busy, so, so busy. I saw pretty much all of my friends and family the whole time. It was just every day we had something planned. So it was really fun. And we got to get up to Toronto, which I really enjoyed. I'll talk a little bit about my vacation over the next couple episodes, but I wanted to tell you guys about my time in Toronto. We stayed for two nights. Toronto is so expensive. We've spent a fortune on a hotel room. It's really pricey to stay in Toronto now, but we were staying in the Annex area, which is near the University of Toronto. My sister goes to the University of Toronto and she has an apartment in that area. So we thought it would be nice to stay a little close to her. And she lives closer to Koreatown, which is so much fun. Like, it almost feels, well, I've never been to Korea, but you really do feel like all the signs are in Korean. It's really cool, and they've got really amazing restaurants. But you guys know I'm a little bit of a foodie. I love to eat. I love good food. And my kind of theme of Toronto when it came to food was Mexican. We don't really have too many Mexican 
restaurants here in Switzerland. Like you can get really good Thai food here. You can get really good Vietnamese food, Asian food, Indian food, but not too much Mexican. So we ate a plate at a place called the Annex Food Hall. And they had a Mexican restaurant with, I think they were rated like the second best tacos in Toronto. And they were so good. I'm going to be dreaming of those tacos until I'm in Toronto the next time. They were amazing. So while I was on holidays, I was talking a lot to my friends and family. And I have a little list going of some interesting words and phrases that are used by Canadians that I noticed because I live in Switzerland and I don't really talk to too many native speakers of English. My husband's Brazilian, so his native language is Portuguese. And although he's very proficient, maybe he doesn't always include some of these very specific kind of native level, I would say, expressions and phrases. So our phrase today is actually a phrasal verb, and it is fess up. I asked you guys on Instagram which one you would like to hear. I chose between cop out and fess up, and you guys chose fess up. So that is the one that we're going to do today. I think we'll do cop out next week because a lot of you said, Dana, do both. So of course I will. So I heard fess up from my dad, actually. We were driving in the car, and he said it in conversation. So I thought, this is a really great phrase to bring to you guys. So as I said, it is a phrasal verb, and it means to admit the truth or to confess. So fess up. So fess isn't really a word at all. It actually just comes from confess. So fess up. And when I heard this from my dad, we were in the car, and we were talking about someone breaking the law. Now, I really can't remember in what context, but I think we were talking about someone who was maybe speeding or had done something wrong, and he said, well, they'll have to fess up to that eventually. And I was like, I haven't heard anyone say that in a long time. So they are going to have to confess to what they did, you know, at some point. Now, I'm really into crime shows. I love true crime. I love podcasts. I love YouTube videos, anything to do with true crime. And it seems whenever there is a murder or someone is, you know, investigating a murder, the true killer will always deny all involvement. They'll make an excuse. Sometimes they'll, you know, cooperate with the police and throw them off their track. And they'll always have some type of elaborate story. But if the police are good, they'll eventually get more evidence. And this will force the criminal to eventually fess up to their crime. So they will eventually have to confess to what they did wrong. And you can also maybe use fess up in a kind of more informal sense in your everyday, you know, going abouts. You know, I talked a little bit about going out to restaurants and in Canada, it's pretty normal if you don't finish your food to get it in a to-go box. So your waiter or waitress might say, hey, do you want me to pack that up for you so you can take it home if you don't finish? And this is always something that I enjoy because you get to have your amazing restaurant meal twice, maybe for lunch the next day. So if you've ever put your leftovers, is what we call them, in the fridge, 
and you're really excited. You're like, I'm going to take these for lunch tomorrow to work. And you go to open the fridge and they're gone. Has that ever happened to you? If you live with roommates or a family, this has probably happened to you at some point. And if this happens, I know my dad was always super guilty in doing this. And you might say, did you eat my leftovers? Come on, fess up. So come on, tell me the truth. Did you eat my leftovers? And you might also see this in headlines. I saw one when I was researching this episode. Bad date stories. Seven women fess up. So in this article, I would assume that seven women are going to confess their bad date stories. So if they've ever been on a date that went horribly wrong, they're going to give us the full picture. They're going to tell us all of the details about what happened during their bad dates. Now it's time for our listen and repeat section. So here I'm going to say a phrase and I want you to practice your pronunciation and repeat after me during the pause. Our phrase is, he needs to fess up. He, he needs, he needs to, he needs to fess up. He needs to fess up. So in the beginning, I had mentioned that I love true crime. So I love listening to podcasts about true crime. Some of my favorites are Dateline, Serial Podcast, and then there's a really great one done by an Australian woman, and it's Canadian True Crime. So today I get to try my own true crime podcast because we're going to tell the story of Elizabeth Wetlaufer. She's Canada's only known healthcare serial killer, and she wouldn't have been caught if she hadn't fessed up to her crimes. Wetlaufer was a nurse who worked at a long-term elderly care facility in southwestern Ontario and was responsible for killing eight senior citizens. She and her brother were raised in Woodstock, Ontario. This is a small town outside of London, Ontario. She earned a bachelor's degree in religious education from London Baptist Bible College and later studied nursing for three years at Conestoga College in Kitchener, Ontario, and became a registered nurse in 1995. In October of 1997, she married Daniel Wetlaufer, who was a long-haul truck driver that she met at church. They lived together in Woodstock, but they didn't have any children. They separated in January of 2007 after 10 years of marriage and formally divorced in 2008. Wetlaufer started working at Crescent Care Nursing Home in Woodstock in June of 2007. A month after her start date, she killed her first victim. She worked on the night shift and was responsible for dispensing medication to patients. While working at Crescent Care, she killed seven of her eight victims. As you heard in the CBC News clip in the beginning, Wetlaufer committed her crimes by using insulin, which is a diabetes medication that lowers blood sugar. It can cause a coma or death when too much is administered, and insulin overdoses are difficult to detect, so many of the victims' families just believed that their loved ones had died of natural causes. Wetlaufer was fired in 2014 from Crescent Care for making medication dispensing errors. 
She had struggled for years with mental health issues, alcohol, and prescription drug abuse, and had various stints of sobriety, but couldn't seem to kick her addictions. She checked in at an inpatient drug rehabilitation program at the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, which is a psychiatric hospital in Toronto, in September of 2016. It was here that she confessed to the staff about killing and attempting to kill her patients. The hospital then notified the College of Nurses of Ontario and the Toronto Police Services of this chilling confession. She was arrested in October of 2016 at the age of 49. The public was absolutely shocked and horrified by these killings after the Woodstock police released details the next day. On June 1st, 2017, Wetlaufer pleaded guilty to all 14 charges against her. Because she pleaded guilty, there was no trial. Later that month, the court held a sentencing hearing, and the grieving victims and their loved ones had a chance to read their impact statements. Many described grief, depression, and guilt. Justice Bruce Thomas sentenced Wetlaufer to life in prison. Her sentences were to be served concurrently, meaning that she has no chance of parole for 25 years. They could have sentenced her to eight consecutive terms, totaling 200 years, but the justice said he recognized that the public would never likely have known of her crimes had she not fessed up. She is now imprisoned in the Vanier Centre for Women in Milton, Ontario. Now, there's a great documentary on this case on the Fifth Estate, which I will link to in the transcript It's excellent. It's available on YouTube. It's about 20 minutes long. And uh, if you want to hear about this story in more detail, I suggest you check out this video. That's it for our episode today. I'm so happy to be back making podcasts for you guys. Next week, we're going to be exploring the term cop out, which is going to be lots of fun. If you would like to become a Podcast Plus member and get the transcripts and a detailed online lesson for all of our episodes, even past episodes, all you need to do is go to canlearnenglishpodcast.com. Again, canlearnenglishpodcast.com. And please support this free podcast by liking, subscribing to, and sharing this podcast. Until next time, guys. Bye-bye.